It's time to experience Thrill of the Hunt, a collector's podcast. Hey, kid, you want a toy? What do the man know about toys? Action figures each sold separately. Batteries not included. With Kung Fu Grip, the hands that grip. I have three of each, one to display, one to open, and one just in case. Why do you keep all your toys in boxes? How do you play with them? I don't. <laughs> I collect them. You're not a collector's item. You're a child's plaything. You are a toy! Action figures and playsets for ages six and up. Way up! Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Thrill of the Hunt. We're happy that you're joining us. And this episode, we're going to talk about G.I. Joe, a real American hero at 40. Yes, that's right. G.I. Joe, a real American hero, is now middle-aged. <laughs> <laughs> You've made it, G.I. Joe. Uh, you can now loosen your belt and relax for the rest of the evening. <laughs> So, but uh, yeah, so that's what we're going to talk about on today's show. Um, we did want to start the show on a bit of a sad note and just offer our uh, condolences to Jason David Frank's family, uh, to the Power Ranger community, um, and, you know, just just in general. Uh, it was a huge loss for not only his family, but obviously the Power Ranger community, one of the most recognizable and outgoing uh actors who's donned the suit if you will so uh, most of you if you don't know who he is he was the green the original green ranger uh and then went on to be the white ranger as well as several other rangers down the line so i did want to call that out i did have an opportunity to to meet him once uh he was very gracious with all of his fans um i never really heard bad things with him meeting his fans only only good things so um, huge loss. We just wanted to to put that out there and and uh, give our condolences. Absolutely. And to add that it's very important to be aware of not only what you're going through individually, but anyone else you may know that's going through some difficult times. Or if you feel like someone is being a little bit different than you usually expect them to be, look for signs and look for things like that. Because um, it's important uh, to be there for those around you and in particular um, to be on the lookout for those signs um, and to utilize resources like a suicide hotline um, that can really be of huge help. So I just want to make sure that we also take that opportunity uh, to point to the opportunities to help others um, and to to be able to be aware of those situations that we need to be aware of. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Thanks for, for uh, adding that in there, Brian. It's really important. Absolutely. Um, but we'll kind of, we'll kind of move on to some, some happier news. Yeah. Uh, so how was your Halloween? <laughs> yeah. So my Halloween was, was good. Uneventful. Um, you know, I kind of miss the younger days of like going out and dressing up for Halloween and stuff. They're pretty routine now. We don't do much. We stay home, but we right. did, we did take a trip back to, uh, you know, where, where, where Sarah and I are from. Um, and we went to, uh, stayed and saw some family and stuff in the Chicagoland area, but we also went to the Chicago toy show. So I've heard that, stories about this show oh, many, and, many times from you. So 
the stories are 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 true and it it did not disappoint um and this is probably i think the last time we went was probably 2014 um the year before we moved down here but it did not disappoint i mean it's just packed with stuff if you can't walk away with something like you didn't you know you weren't looking hard enough in my right. opinion. Right. Like I, I had to exert a, a tremendous amount of self-control, but oh, I believe it. Part of that was because we traveled carry on only, which is, is uh, something Sarah and I are starting to do now with the crazy luggage loss and all that stuff. But uh, so I was limited, but I did find a vintage three PO case and nice. uh, yeah. So I've been looking for one for a while. This one was in good shape. I got a good deal on it. I was a little concerned about how I'd get it back, but I didn't have, <laughs> uh, I had my bag, but I didn't have my um, personal item. So 3PO is my personal item. Oh, on the you, way carried home. Him? <laughs> you carried him under your arm onto the plane? Well, I had a bag and I put him, you know, my oh, sister. Oh, it would have been even better. Yeah. So my, my, my sister-in-law, uh, while we were, while we were there, helped me wrap it. Um, and, and we put it in a, in a bag and I carried it on that way, but it was well protected. I um, can only like visualize <laughs> like the, the, the medical procedure that happened as you, <laughs> as you prepared this item, as if it was like made of glass, <laughs> this piece of plastic from, from back when, and you just wanted to make sure that there was no chance for anything to happen to this precious cargo. Well, I'll be honest. I have to give the the credit to Sarah's sister Claire. She she's the one who did most of the work on it, and I didn't have to do anything. And and she wrapped it like a pro. So it you know it, it got home no problem. I picked up some some other some twenty fifth anniversary Joes, and then I picked up the Black Series Dark Trooper because just about everybody there was selling him for less than the ridiculously overpriced deluxe oh, yeah. retail price. So I got him for 25, which we'll talk about it a little later is not the cheapest price that he's been. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I'll add to that later too. When I talk about my Dengar purchase. Yeah. Experience. So what, how was your, how was your Halloween? It was good. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of, we, we stayed home and, um, and home as uh, any new listeners here, that would be Orlando. And, uh, surprisingly for the first time ever we actually had trick-or-treaters almost the whole night i felt like i was in an alternate universe maybe 40 years ago right back in, in the time of when joe was just starting right i felt like i had a throwback 80s 90s experience uh ever all the kids coming to the door saying trick-or-treat in costume i was like where and when am i and it was awesome though i loved it and with our newer technology, we're like, oh, let's see this costume as we're looking at it as weird people through the nest uh, video. <laughs> we're like, oh, look, they're coming up. But what was helpful about that is we didn't miss any kids. Like, you know, we were able to see them coming. So we opened the door and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, and they came up. And so, you know, in that case, technology worked really, really well. So we didn't miss any good trick or treaters. And that was a lot of fun. Watched a lot of uh, horror and scary movies and stuff. And um, probably ate way too much candy, but you know, a classic Halloween experience. That's awesome. You're absolutely right. You don't, we don't have them like that anymore because you know, where I live, they kind of do something in the neighborhood or they have trunk or treat, or, you know, you go to the mall, you know, and they're giving out stuff. It's, it's, I have not seen like a good number of trick or treaters since it's been a long time. So that's awesome. 
Yeah, and we actually, uh, you speak about your Chicago trip. We took a trip out west uh, in uh, in October, not right at Halloween, but but during that time frame in the last month and a half. Uh, we went to uh, Disneyland and and uh, we did a whole whirlwind of a trip. Uh, we went to Disneyland. We went to also California Adventure, but we also uh, got to tour the Disney Studios. I actually saw the outside. I was hoping the door would open or, or I'd be able to sneak in. We saw where the volume was housed uh, from the outside. Oh, so cool. We saw the actual stage. It's sound stage one, by the way. If you're ever curious and you're ever in Burbank and you're at Disney Studios, or if you're a cast member, you can go there on the lot anytime as a cast member you just can't go in the buildings and do stuff but you can go there and, and go do stuff around there but soundstage one is actually where the volume is located where all the filming is done all in this tiny little <laughs> tiny little studio of all disney studios it's crazy that all of that happens there um and uh, we also got the tour of Walt's original office, which was painstakingly put back into place as it was um, when he passed away in uh, in the 60s, um, in the late 60s. And um, and what was really cool to see was the whole process, getting to see how how forward thinking they were as an organization, even when they were building a lot of these buildings. They, he had the idea of building a tunnel underneath the art to the ink and paint shop so that the materials that needed to get the animation that needed to get worked on in the next group didn't have to go outside and be damaged. They went underneath in a tunnel connected to the other building, which gave them obviously the idea for the tunnels they eventually built in Disney world. Um, if any of you know that Disney world has a lot of under tunnels underneath, especially in the magic kingdom park. Um, but it was cool to see kind of where everything began and to see all that and get a tour and, and do all that, which is, it's something you can do, but it's very unique. Um, uh, it's only offered in like a couple of months out of the year. And recently they've been offering it through the official Disney uh, fan club organization, which you can buy a membership to, which allowed us to have a cheaper rate and early access to get that. But they only take groups of eight on a tour. So it's really uh, you got to be on it. Like, it's like when we were on it about buying toys, right? When they go right up, right? And are collectible. It's the same way about getting these tickets. So if anyone's thinking about that in the future, uh, definitely look into that. But what it gives you access to, Chris, I'm tying collectibles in here, where it gets you access to is the employee-only store on uh, Disney Studio property where you can get things that you can get literally nowhere else. Um, that's, oh, yeah. And... Uh, we're going to talk. I'm going to talk about that. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll, I'll say that for later, but you're able to purchase things that are very cool. And uh, we'll talk about that later. But um, we also got to go to Universal. So we got to check out um, Hollywood Horror Nights there. We also got to do the Oogie Boogie Bash, which is Disneyland's version of a Halloween party. Um, and we also spent um, a day at the Academy of the Museum, uh, Academy of the Motion Pictures Museum, which is the Oscars. And we got to see a lot of props from various films, some things that have never seen the light of day before. Like we got to see a couple of props in 2001, A Space Odyssey, which if you know the history of that film, 
it's not there's not a lot left from it because at that time it was very common to just destroy everything right after the films were over and they would just toss it all out in the trash so there were actually there's only like a handful of items that survived for 2001 two of those items are in the academy museum one of those is one of the spacesuits of one of, of the major characters and then also one of them is a full size uh model of the ship that they use the actual model ship that they use to film um i forget what the name of the ship was but it's the orb like circular ship um and it was it was so neat to see all those things they had puppets original puppets that were used on scene from dark crystal i know some of uh our favorite movies there i'm not going to reference that in particular um <laughs> but but uh yeah but it, it there were some really cool things to see there and got to do a lot in walking around la definitely got my in and out uh double double um at one point but yeah it was a lot of fun you know much like you had chicago i had a lot of fun in la um and uh fit a lot into a small amount of time uh, we also went to the funko headquarters store i should say that right yeah um yeah that was amazing i have so many photos i need to go through them and I should make a post on our site, uh, on our, our social medias for you guys to see, uh, because a lot of you don't get to see all that and be able to interact. But I took photos of every single diorama in there. So you'll be able to see whatever fandom you follow. Uh, I, it's so cool. The amount of detail and effort that went into building that a store, and it, it it's impressive. You can tell it was a labor of love by people who truly love um collecting and toys and it, it, you see it in that in that facility it's it's impressive really impressive um but yeah and uh we even hit up amoeba because we had to see kind of you know one of the last living like massive music stores that are still there in the middle of hollywood uh but it was cool it was really cool and had a lot of fun yeah that uh that tour you talked about some of us have been kicking around uh, trying to do that at some point because um, there's a group of if, us that are if you get a chance you gotta yeah. do it, it, it there's it's a, a once in a lifetime opportunity there's a group of us that are all you know big disney you know lucas film that whole you know area oh, I do skywalker ranch we got to get ourselves oh there yeah there, chris we got to do that for sure and you know like I, well, i'll add to it if you're in if you're up near skywalker ranch you gotta go check out rancho obi-wan oh, obviously yeah. that, that, that goes without speaking that i would have yeah. to do both <laughs> that place rancho obi-wan will blow your mind i i, I was gotta go enough, to mecca and see steve man come on yeah uh, i was fortunate enough to go there once um oh that's cool it was it was absolutely everything i thought it would be and more um and it's not like what I I thought, eh, they're gonna rush it, you know. Like it's it's probably timed, so you know it was not rushed at all. It was it was you take your time, and it was a great it was a great way to cap that trip that we took out there. But um, absolutely, sounds like you guys had an awesome awesome trip. Uh, some cool stuff to see, you know. Obviously, nowadays with movie memorabilia, they keep everything right versus love yeah which those days they like you're absolutely right they if they couldn't reuse it they trashed it oh absolutely yeah um but oddly enough you know we've kind of bypassed two holidays here so we had thanksgiving which for us was pretty quiet uneventful we Same. didn't really yeah we stayed home we didn't do much black friday's not a thing you know any it, you know it don't it, exist anymore in no person, does it no it's it, 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 when you looked at the stores because i was 
you know, I, like I said, I, I still try and hit the stores a couple of times a week. Cause I'm fortunate enough to have, you know, a Walmart and a target like right, right. there. So I, I still try and it's go like out. A coffee break for you. <laughs> yeah. And they were doing that, you know, you know, what was it? Deals for days or whatever at Walmart. Oh but yeah. Something new each day. They, yeah. yeah. They were putting out stuff, but you know, it used to be, it all went out on black Friday and it was yeah. just like a huge, and this, they kind of space it out and then they don't, you know, it's not nearly as much as it used to be because it's all, it's all online. Now we all are shopping online. And then of course you, you do have, I think if, people weren't already pushed towards online pre pandemic. Yeah. I'm sure there was a nice chunk of people that got pushed that way, you know, from the pandemic. So it's probably an even greater share of the market now going to online versus in stores. And we went out that afternoon, just locally. We didn't go straight too far from home just to see. And it wasn't like it was busy, but it wasn't like I've seen it before where it was just mass hysteria. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely agree. Yeah. And which leads to talking about some of the Black Friday deals that that uh, that everyone was partaking in because it seemed like let's mark down all those Black Series and Marvel Legends and and, uh, Lightning Collection and uh, and Classifieds and everything was getting marked down to the price that we thought it should have been at the beginning. well, I think I think for me, I mean, I I maybe I just haven't paid as close of attention in the past because I generally get what I want when it comes out, and maybe now right. that I'm starting to play the long game a little more, Welcome I was to the club. Yeah, I was realizing it, but there was still a disproportionate amount of Star Wars mar- markdowns oh, and discounts to every more Star Wars to everything else, else. right? And, so I, you know, what was interesting, what I noted, and Amazon had the had the most of it. Amazon was yeah. marking stuff crazy, ridiculous cheap. And what I noticed was, and I wanted to point this out to our listeners, and we're going to discuss just a little bit here, is all those new, quote, deluxe, unquote, figures, <laughs> all of them, all of them were marked below... Yeah. The regular what what you would consider regular retail of of you know the, what a regular retail figure is of twenty five now and I said that I picked up that dark trooper for twenty five and I thought that was a decent deal that thing was like eighteen bucks on Amazon on Black Friday yep it was so you know and I think it's interesting and I it's hard to say because. Amazon does some great stuff on Black Fridays. I do other retailers. It's the time to make your, you know, make your money get in the black, as they used to say. But um, the the thing about that is, I, I'm wondering: are these deluxe figures not selling at these prices? Because it was, I mean, literally, it was every single one of them that we were all like, "That should be a regular release. That should be a regular release." And yeah, I, I think I think our points are being proven. Not just yeah. us individually, but as a collector community, I think as as a unison, we're all kind of making the same message through our various channels and our various uh, you know podcasts and 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 interactions online. I think we're all saying that hey, you know, we're not dumb. You know, <laughs> we yeah. know what you were doing the year before, and we know what you're doing now. We also are aware of the current economy. We are aware of inflation we are aware of costs of production and shipping but you're taking it to the extreme and trying to take advantage of it rather than just dealing with it and rolling with it you're 
taking it and saying, how can we bleed even more out? And it's not, and people are seeing it and they're not, and they're putting their money where their mouth is and they're not buying it at those extreme prices. Yeah. And it would be interesting to see in a, you know, maybe in a year from now, cause they, you know, general production for action figure is like 18 months, I think, you mm-hmm. know, 15 to 18 months. It'll be interesting to see if, if maybe we getting, we're getting less because things get whittled whittle down a little bit uh i don't want to make too many um you know like i i don't want to read too much into black friday sales because they we you know we do get black friday sales but i don't think i've ever seen some of the deals that amazon was offering and it not wasn't the just, variety yeah that we were seeing yeah it's not like it was like oh you know we just made too many uh luke skywalkers in this run you know we had three per case and they're just sitting around, you know, it's not like it was that, you know, it was every single figure in this wave, even the Ahsoka Tano Mandalorian figure, which you didn't see many times on a shelf. If one, yep. you know, on a shelf was selling for 16 bucks. I mean, yeah, that's that, telling you something. That TVC Boba Fett with the two Stormtrooper helmets that they were trying to get, like, you know, almost $30 for that thing was marked down to regular tvc you know collection prices oh, how about the 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 mandalorian ahsoka grogu black series yep. pack that came with the the cloth cape was marked down from 62 which was egregious to yeah. 45 which is exactly where it should have been to begin with yeah and, and i think sold out like that yep a lot of that stuff a lot of that stuff sold out i think collectors were waiting and and you're right we did see it with marvel legends we did see it with some of yeah. the older classified and older lightning collection stuff right, but sitting around yeah right but the star wars stuff was by and far it was the I newer mean, stuff even with star wars yeah, yeah. it's like you I and think, I, I, yeah yeah you and i were texting back and forth i was texting <laughs> yeah, we're with, back and forth to each other, with yeah. my rogue 12 group and then i'm texting with my buddy sean and we keep like sending these things back and forth like oh look at this price and i will say i was quite good i didn't end up buying anything <laughs> I only bought one. I only bought one. I bought Dengar, which is funny because I had bought him in person at a Target that I had got them to price match it down to $13 the day before. And then and then the next day I see Target put up for $9. I'm like, oh. So then I buy it from, <laughs> from, from Amazon for the $9. And then I go bring back the other one to Target. Hey, you know what? There was another five buck difference. I was like, all right. If it was like a dollar. I wouldn't have cared. But it was like five bucks. I was like, okay. Yeah, I mean, it, like I'm with you. If it's a dollar or so, I'm like, nah, no big deal. But when you start, effort, but... when you start talking like five bucks, you know, like you're getting, you, you, you know, and that's I worth played it. the long game on that Dengar. Yeah, you it's, did. All, it's the only <laughs> bounty hunter I needed to finish my bounty hunter set, and I was like, you know, I'm just gonna keep waiting. I remember when it was secondary market issues because that was one we waited for them to release re-release on an archive card for the longest yep. time. <laughs> and the best part is, Chris, when I get the figure in the mail from Amazon. It, it's supposed to be brand new. It was wrapped in cellophane and, and like the packaging was like, looked like someone had destroyed it, but the figure was fine. I was like, I don't care. You know, it's funny. Cause I think we're starting to see um, a little bit more of that. Now I realize that the archive series is still on those card backs with a clear bubble, but you know, with the with the plastic free stuff, man, I'm seeing more and more people online talking about like problems and missing Chris, things. The, the the Dengar had packaging tape wrapped around it to keep it closed. 
Oh my goodness. Like I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> I still I haven't opened it yet. Well, it's pretty much was open, that, but was that one of those maybe warehouse deals? No, it they... wasn't. That's the wow. thing. It okay. was listed as new from Amazon. Because <laughs> that's that sounds like a somebody But it looked not... like a warehouse sale. And I'm yeah. like, I don't care. It's nine dollars. Yeah, there like, you go. I just wanted the figure anyway. I didn't care not... about the packaging. Yeah, yeah, now you've got your bounty hunters. And but now I got my bounty hunter set. I can lay out. Yeah. I think, you know, what you said is, is and we're seeing it, uh, people are voting with their dollars finally, right? And I'm not saying people haven't been all along, but I think that when you combine where we are with inflation, where we yeah. are with figure with, with how expensive collecting is with the price hikes that we've had over the last few years um, due to pandemic and supply chain issues and all sorts of different reasonings, um, you know, I, I think people are starting to maybe wake up a little bit and say, hey, so I'm interested to see where we are a year from now um, and see, are we getting like, you know, better selection? Are we getting less of a selection? Are we focusing more? Because, and we'll kind of dovetail right into it. Uh, uh, the Return of the Jedi 40th stuff has right. been uh, coming fast and furious as far as announcements. And yakface.com wrote an excellent article about um, and I should I should share it on our socials because it's really worth a read. Um, uh, uh, kind of talking about the ATST and how so far the 40th anniversary for Return of the Jedi has kind of been really lackluster with announcements, more like repack of the Jedi, you know. <laughs> oh, there we go. There's or, the line. Yeah. There's the tag right there. Repack of the Jedi. You know, so it's like um they had a good article that they wrote and, and I'm about to make a really hot take. I'm like, well, it wasn't that the entire sequel trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I'm but sorry. So, it was there no, for the taking. It, it yeah. was. Um, but it's, it's really, you know, I, I think people are becoming aware and people are saying, Hey, I'm not going to jump in right away. Like today, that bunker looks great, and I have the power of the force two one. And yeah, now we know, loose, yeah. Now we know that the new one is bigger, right? I wanted to see that, but I'm not going to rush out and spend sixty dollars on a hunk of plastic and a figure, right? That thing, and that thing is going to get marked down in the future. All of those playsets yeah. have, and so, but the problem is here, it's twofold, right? Hasbro has conditioned us now. Or, you know, because we know that these markdowns are coming, right? No one's buying. I, I don't want to say no one. There are still people buying at full price. But now you've got more people playing the long game. And eventually, like, this is going to catch up. And that's what I'm saying. In a year, I'll be curious to see if we have either, you know, less of a production run or we have less of an assortment or how all this is going to play together. Um you know, that ATST, I have two of those already. I definitely don't need a third. I'm not going to get it. But, you know, the figures they've announced so far, I think all of them, we talked about it, I think, a little bit on our Pulse coverage. Yeah, uh, we how, did. Yeah, Paplu was, um, you know, we're, we played the long game on him. We're going to yeah. win there. But Wicket's really the only new figure that they've announced so far. We yeah, know pretty much. That, that they've pipelined some rebel troopers and, the, and some other figures that are new, but it's it's really kind of um lackluster and on the other side of that coin um i i don't want to come across as jaded because i realize hey we've done the 40th with star wars and with empire but <laughs> this one feels 
different. This one feels like it's like, hey, you know, we're going to throw every, you know, repack and repaint we have possibly at you. Um, I don't know. It feels different to me. Maybe, you know, maybe I am a little jaded, you know, first world problems. (laughs) (laughs) So, my gosh. Yeah. And then you get to wait a couple more years and then you'll get to see 20th anniversary of Revenge of the Sith. So, you know, cycling around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, kind of touching on on uh you know where we are with with product and stuff, uh ETAs mean nothing anymore. I mean if you're a collector, you've been hitting the wallet, especially if you're a Hasbro collector, you've been hitting the wallet seriously, just like egregiously for this time of year. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's not just Hasbro, too. I mean, uh NEC is already shipping out items that were listed that they've been telling us they give us a monthly update that was supposed to come out first quarter next year. They're hitting us with it right before Christmas is the, uh, the, the secret of the ooze turtle four pack VHS set and accessory set and the, the, the reissue of token razor. Oh, there you um, go. Those are I, supposed to come out next year and yeah. they're hitting a good four months early. And that's what I've been hearing from, from, you know, I, I I've got a lot lar- large, uh, foot in the Hasbro world, but oh, even Valiverse. I, I mean, we knew Bobby had told everybody that this stuff was probably going to arrive on Q4, but you know, you have the special deployment wave, which just arrived. And then behind that, you have the females, which they're going to hold until the beginning of next year, which I appreciate. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's been, it really makes it hard to budget on a, on a time of year where we're thinking about others, rather than ourselves and it's really you know i i i'm enjoying everything i've got i don't want to complain i'm glad to have mm-hmm. some stuff early especially since some of this stuff it's it's like we only got one one wave of power rangers this year until we got this wave that i just got we only got uh you know really one wave of classifieds well maybe two but it kind of came in end of last year beginning of this year depending on when you were lucky enough to receive them, but really it was only that spirit storm shadow wave yeah. we got in July. It's really, it's, it's almost like we are getting half a year's worth of product right now. And I know that some of it has been uh, retailers are just backed up with product. I'm hearing reports that, you know, in my Walmart's the same people, they're parking pallets all over the floor because they don't have any room in their, in, in the back room to store stuff. You know, retailers are sitting on product like crazy and then you have all the stuff that was probably sitting in the supply chain, sitting in containers. It's finally made its way over here. And I get that. There's also uh, there's also the fact that it's Q4 and companies want to finish strong. And there is also some conjecture that Hasbro maybe wants to push to finish stronger than, than they have the rest of the year because financial reports have come out. I don't put too much credence in that because... There's only so much they can do in the supply chain area, but I I guess the point that I'm trying to make is it makes responsible collecting and budgeting really hard. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. um, And if if you don't, if those dates mean nothing going forward, um, then that's a problem. So I hope that this is just like an anomaly and we're going to kind of get back to normal. Um, where you can kind of count on when stuff's going to be released, yeah. but if not, it's it's really hard because I can't I can't get 
the stuff that I got this month, like I can't maintain that. I can't be doing it like that. You know, wonder why I have transitioned to six scale because (laughs) I have set payment plans. I know I can map out when things are going to be charged because I know when it's going to happen. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I made that shift is because it allows me to be more financially prepared. Right. When you're buying 12 scale or or 18 scale or three and three quarter figures, um, when it ships, you get charged. And like Chris just said, if it hits all at once, ouch, you know, um, because there's no way to really pre plan for it if that shipment gets in early. Right. Yeah. You know, and I mean, they have an idea, but yeah. Right. Outside of that, I mean, I, I keep a spreadsheet. Not only do I keep yeah, what, it, what, it, yeah. what it costs me, I keep the estimated arrival date so I can kind of keep an eye and go, okay, Everyone this, is, should. this is right. This is next year. So this probably isn't going to come all at once and this and that. But, uh, you know, I, I do feel like this might be a bit of an anomaly, but it's not just, it doesn't seem like it's just toys. It seems like it's just retail merchandise in general uh, is kind of, having that problem um but obviously as collectors it's impacting us and like i said it's impacting us at a time of year where uh you know we uh you know maybe you need a little extra cash on hand (laughs) (laughs) which leads us to what is the heaping pile of things that you've gotten most recently chris well well before we get there i did want there's one more thing i want to cover and that oh yeah yeah so you know we had in our show notes here that we didn't know we had, you know, kind of is Dorkside Toys going under? And well, then now, an yep. hour before we record. Yep. It's all over the website now that says that their last day will be, I believe it's December 18th. Correct. Yeah. That's what so they, yeah. Uh, they are indeed closing up shop. Um, you know, there's been a lot of conjecture, a, a lot of stuff going around as to what happened. I don't know what happened. I know that there's there's been talk of some um shady business practices i know there's been talk of of paypal uh them kind of going against paypal agreements um i know that i personally had seen dorkside toys selling product at shows for higher than retail prices when on their website they were had them at retail and then here people got orders canceled i did see that personally as did so you know some friends that and that, that was probably 10 years ago that i saw them doing that um and i know that they opened a retail location in in tennessee um oh, really i didn't yeah know they that. had a brick they had a brick and mortar in, in tennessee that's been going for about two or three years wow um and i'm sure that sucked a huge portion you know the overhead on on brick and mortar for a toy store anymore um you know it's it's tough um on you know i, I mean if there was some shady stuff going on it's hard to to sit here and defend them um you know, I know Megalopolis, I think was what they were called. They they left a lot of oh, fans. Oh gosh. Yeah. yeah. They left a lot of people holding the bag and people kind of like had memories of that dealing with this. I don't think this has been that. Yeah, but... and, and then they tried to re uh rebrand themselves as premium DNA yeah. toys and yeah. yeah, I don't think this has been that, but the silence, you know, when when the when, yeah, when it was swirling around and they weren't yeah. Dorkside wasn't addressing it, but you know, it's sad from a perspective of you know, it's one less place we have to go in a world where we already don't have Toys R Us, we don't have KB Toys, 
you know, you've really, now you've really only got Big Bad Toy Store and Entertainment Earth. I know there's a lot of other smaller ones. Um, I want to give if, a shout out to a small store. Yeah, go ahead. That um, I got my Mirage uh, Casey from. Uh, that was impeccable service and awesome. It's called The Last Toy Store. And also, what a great name. Yeah. Oh. How, how appropriate. <laughs> yeah. And, and they have a, a official license to sell NECA, uh, NECA materials. They also sell some vinyl, some they, they sell they sell a good mixture of things, Super Seven, all kinds of different things. They also sell some of the the previews exclusive stuff as well. But it, they're just starting out. But but I've been really impressed with their service. Um, the items arrived in pristine condition, well packaged. Um, really impressed. Yeah, and we need to, you know, as much as we can, you know, if those places are competitively priced, we need to be supporting them oh and they you know, were we, yeah we need to have we need to have those options and and the, the last thing i'll say you know i i kind of will miss about um you know uh dork side is the fact that it was a place where they would break up uh they would break up packs of things so if there was the three pack of vipers they were gonna oh, you know, break that. it up yeah they, they also did build a figure so if you didn't want to spend you know if you didn't want the figures you could just buy the build a figure now the build a figure would almost cost you as much as the wave but <laughs> if, if if you didn't want to deal with having to you know you mean like the, uh the captain america yes well there was that <laughs> you remember yeah um but you know, if if you didn't want to have to deal with those other figures from the wave, you could just purchase that. Um, but again, like I said, I don't think we're ever going to know all the ins and outs of things. Um, One day the story will be told. Yeah. yeah, I can just say from personal experience that I've dealt with them, I I never had a problem. But I I have heard from people that they've there's been some shady stuff too. So, um, I guess we're you know. We're losing another toy store, but let's talk about some positives and uh, what we've got. And yeah, yeah, I, I'll start off. Uh, um, I'll say, and I showed Chris this the other day uh, when he was over, uh, I got my uh, Mythos OB-1 Sideshow six scale figure. Um, not straight from Sideshow. It's actually an older figure that I got. Uh, they, they've gone two different batches of that figure. Right now, it's it's been sold out for quite a few months. Not not, not a surprise, considering the the Obi Wan Kenobi show and how popular that was. Um, but um, I was able to get it off of a, a great uh, one of the people I bought from before, um, who uh, another collector who lets go of some of his stuff that I'm looking for and so forth. You know, collectors helping collectors there, um, and got it for a really amazing price. And what's great about the version I have is it's the early release that had the double. Um, double elbow joints and uh, double knees, uh, double jointed knees, which is great for posing. Whereas the newer one has a lot lesser articulation. It's just a single joint elbow with a pivot, um, kind of a, a pivot joint there on the on the elbow instead of a full uh, full bend. So um, I was pretty excited about that. I also got for uh, for my wife for her birthday. Uh, she got something that she never expected to get because I was able to work some some rewards and deals and things like that. I got her the premium format statue of Ahsoka Tano and Mirai uh, from Rebels. 
Um, it sits right above my head right now as we record. Um, beautiful piece. Um, and uh, also got uh, uh, the NECA Armored Last Run of myself. And then thanks to Chris, I have the NECA Unarmored uh, Last Run in. So I've com- I have the complete set of those guys. Uh, I'm very appreciative of that. Um, and, uh, also, uh, a couple of items I got from a friend of mine that, uh, just knew I loved vintage, uh, stuff as well as, you know, modern toys, some vintage LJN, uh, PVC figs from ET. Um, I showed Chris those the other day too. It was pretty cool seeing them with still their original price tag on it. That was like a dollar something from when they came out in 82. Um, and then also on, the third party end of the six scale, I was able to get uh, the chosen one, which is basically a uh, unlicensed Anakin Skywalker with um, with uh, rooted hair. Not great rooted hair, but um, it's nice to have that version of Anakin uh, from Revenge Sith um, and not pay a ridiculous aftermarket price. And I can work with the, the head sculpt and the hood to make it look good. But that was pretty cool. And uh, Mars Toys Joker, um, which is basically my best chance to get a um, a Jack Nicholson 1989 Joker um, and not have to pay ridiculous aftermarket prices on that uh, as well. So that that that's kind of a, also I will say from Black Friday, I did get a couple of deals that I did mention earlier. Uh, King Ghidorah uh, Monster Arts figure. It was just so dang cheap. I was just pulled in. I've looked at that figure for, for two years. <laughs> yeah, you it. have. I got mm. it for less than $100. You can't pass that up. That's over a $250 figure when it first came out, okay? That that was a steal of a price. We'll see if it get we'll see if it actually goes through and they ship it. We'll find out. Um as of right now, it's still sitting there. Uh so we'll see. Mm. Um, just like my entertainment that was with GameStop with Entertainment Earth, I was able to get uh the uh NECA They Live Alien two pack uh figure set for 32 bucks. That's like an $80 two pack, by the way. That was a ridiculous deal. Um, and uh what else? Oh, and Death from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey from Incendium. Normally that's about um, I believe like $28, $29 figure. I got it for $16. So um, those were, I think, the rest of my exciting deals that I got. Yeah, making those, uh, making that money go as far as it can, and yeah. and you know, just just for our collectors out there, keep an eye, you know, through the end of the year. Oh very, yeah, you know, They're very still beginning because there, yeah, there's going to be some more sales, and I think we haven't seen the last of some of the crazy Amazon prices and stuff on, on things. So, and, and let me just add that I had a chance to stop by uh, and visit with with Brian and his wife, you know, my wife and I uh stopped by and visited with them for a little while. And I got to see the Mythos Obi-Wan and the premium format Ahsoka. And my goodness, those are impressive pieces. Like you need to see those in person. If you if you haven't seen them, you have to see them in person. They are they are fantastic. They're huge. <laughs> yeah, they really, they are. The Ahsoka I mean, is huge, yeah. That Ahsoka is massive. Like, I had no idea. I mean, you look at the picture and you just, you don't get a perspective of how big it is, but it's fantastic. 
Yeah. Um, oh yeah, and I got a corresponding art piece from uh I was able to buy directly from uh Woodside. You've met him before, I'm sure. Uh, probably him and his yeah. wife. Yeah, yeah. his wife. Yeah, yeah. They both do art together. They they come usually to Epcot every year to do the art festival. I'm sure they'll be back again, but he put up some extra AP copy prints he had of the unyielding print, which is uh that almost the exact same pose of Ahsoka in the statue pose. Um, when she's fighting and with with uh, the Rebels version of Darth Vader behind her. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to, whenever that ships and gets to me to frame it and put it behind or right aside next to the statue. So, Yeah, awesome. And so, you know, with your uh, big list, my list know, is right? equally as big. Uh, but for, first, I want to point out, so we, we alluded to it a little earlier. Brian uh, picked me up from the uh the company store there at disney it's a lucasfilm baseball cap and not only is it a lucasfilm with the lucasfilm in a really sharp green it's got yoda on the side so yeah yeah that's going in the yoda collection there that hat will not be worn (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so that was a really sweet piece to have that was carried on onto the plane yeah, see, there's a there's a theme going on here. <laughs> but that piece is really sweet to have with with something that says Lucasfilm with Yoda on it. So I, that's awesome. Um, but the uh, you know laundry list of other things I've gotten. You know, uh, I got the Gundam Universe Shenlong, which completes the Gundam Wing original five Gundams. There you go. Yep. So now we're going to see if they're going to do the upgraded suits. So in the show, three of the suits get upgraded. And so uh, we're waiting now. I'm waiting to see if they're going to do the upgraded versions of those popular. suits. I never see a lot of them sitting on the shelves too long. Yeah. Well, what surprised me is usually I get stuff from my pre orders and then I don't see it in the stores for a couple, you know, three months or so. But I saw Shenlong at Target today and I was like, wow. He didn't take long to get out. That's surprising. And I only have one on pre-order right now, and it's the Leo suit. It's kind of a generic suit that was used in Gundam Wing. But uh, that one's that one's a nice slow burn, so it doesn't like – I don't have to worry about trying to keep up with that one. <laughs> um, I got Transformers Ironhide. I am still picking up a Transformer here or there if it goes with – you know, the, the movie or with that, you know, has that G1 kind of aesthetic. Uh, I'm pretty much done. There's a few left to, that, I, you know, I, I, if they put out or whatever, but I, I'm pretty much done there for, for the most part. Uh, now we're going to get into like, so classifieds wave nine, um, which was stalker uh, and the crimson twins and then tiger force outback. The only tiger force figure I'm getting, they did him in the uh, instead of doing him with his orange hair uh, and orange mm-hmm. beard and all, you know, uh, he's got the uh, like the gray. So it looks it looks really cool. And I thought it was worth it for that. I got Dr. Mindbender. Uh, I of have. The, yeah. You've been talking about uh, that one for a while. Yeah. Not one of my favorite characters, but I'm like, you got to have it. You know, he's got to <laughs> go with the G.I. Joe. Uh, the Sergeant Slaughter, the the G.I. Joe version. Right. So now you have both. I now have two two Valiverse versions and the GI Joe version. Um, uh, Serpentor, so and the Air Chariot. Now, I am not a huge Serpentor fan. Um, 
But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to tease a little bit. You should expect to hear that figure on our year in review show. Mm. Yeah, I'll leave it at that. Uh, All right. Special. Yep. Special deployment series from Action Force um, rollout. I got my uh, thankfully before. I was one of I was early when when uh, at Joe Fest when Bobby announced that Dorkside was going to have the Infantry Trooper exclusive. I ordered it as soon as it went up, and I think I was probably one of the first ones to get it. So I got it before all this stuff started going down, and I also got my pre-orders because I pre-ordered it from them um, since I already had the exclusive there. I pre-ordered that wave, and I got those. Um, so those are really cool. I got the Time Force blue uh power ranger with vector cycle and you're going to hear about that figure on the year in review show for a different reason mm. we might be adding i'll tease here we might be adding a worst category oh <laughs> new category yeah uh that that figure you know without going into it too much that figure if you go search online that figure is popping up quite a bit with a lot oh. of qc issues uh but I got Wild Force Blue from Power Rangers, Dino Thunder Yellow, which now means that the Dino Thunder team is we're only waiting for Dino Thunder Black, which is another representation of Tommy, uh, Jason David Frank's character. Um, and that's coming next year. Um, so that'll complete that set. Motu Origins has been coming fast and furious. So I have waves nine through 11. And what's crazy about that is it's been like one once a month, you know, uh, they've been sending out stuff. And usually Motu was maybe three times a year. So it's just been crazy to keep up with uh, a score of TVC from various places that have been coming in. And then uh, the droid factory, uh, the Halloween droid, and then the Christmas droid. And the Christmas droid is adorable. It's like a little snowman. So that uh, nice. Oh, but when we talk about what I'm looking forward to, some yeah, of go that, right into it. Go right. Well, into some it. of that arrived today. I kid you. No not. way. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my um, GI Joe classified wave ten. Everyone but Dusty arrived today. So Zarana, <laughs> uh, my, um, and then I got two of the crimson, the crimson guards. And then my Power Rangers Lost Galaxy Green, which was on my looking forward to, arrived today. So, yeah. So <laughs> I tell close with what we were saying earlier. Yep. So, you know, so the stuff that I haven't got, uh, Black Series, Aaliyah Sakura, which we're both looking forward to. Yeah. I have a sneaking suspicion she's going to ship early. Um, Wave 13 of the, the for Power Rangers, the Dino characters. I'm not getting the other two, but the Dino Charge Blue and Dino fury green um okay. i'm looking forward to those and then i'm looking forward to my and this is an area we'll probably get into i'll talk a little bit more uh, on our year in review my stand solo glow in the dark jedi ah, some stand solo yeah i i there's some good stuff that he's done this yeah. year that that i'll be calling out yeah so um you know a shorter list than the stuff i've got but that's because it's been <laughs> like crazy well, I only have a few things on my list, but there are a couple more I'll add on that I'll say towards the end. Um, uh, the 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 first three are, are Hot Toys related. Um, still waiting to see uh, when Ahsoka from the Mandalorian, Ahsoka with Grogu Deluxe comes out. Um, it just keeps getting pushed back from month to month to month. So we'll see. Um, it was supposed to come out in September, but we're still waiting. Um, 
And then also Doc Brown, which just came out yesterday in Hong Kong, surprisingly. So that's coming out soon. But I have a payment plan, so I'm in no rush. Uh, I'll get it beginning of next year. Um, as well as the DeLorean's uh, release date got pushed up to to April of next year. I mean, just moved up a few months. It was supposed to originally be in like June or July. Yeah, but, but that's uh, cool. Finally, yeah. the DeLorean. It's going to be something. Yeah. Oh, gosh. You're going to have to come over for that. Um, <laughs> you're going to have to come over for that one. For, for sure. For, for, for putting that out. We might um, have to do like just a whole show reviewing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We should do that. That'd be fun. Uh, but yeah, there's that. And uh, as a lot of people's stuff has been shipping, I'm still waiting on getting my shipping alert. But uh, my Secret of the Ooze uh, Ninja Turtles four pack in the collectible VHS packaging and the accompanied accessory set should be shipping any day now from NECA um, that I mentioned earlier in the show um, that was originally supposed to come on first quarter, but should be coming soon. Um, So those are the things that are, are most pressing for me. But now it's time to refocus ourselves to something very near and dear to my partner's heart. <laughs> Johnny Catch! Oh no! Let's tell Mom it was Billy's mistake. You're making the mistake. Flint! Anyone can have an accident, but lying makes it worse. But Mom will be upset. She'll be even more upset if you lie. And how would you feel if Billy got punished? Face up to what you've done. Don't take the easy way out. We'll tell her we did it. Remember, it's better to tell the truth. And that's no lie. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Go for it, Chris. Well, I feel like I should. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Go, you know, Joe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we're going to talk about, you know, we as we alluded to, uh, G.I. Joe, a real American hero at 40. Uh, but before we get there, I think we kind of have to talk about the history of, of G.I. Of Joe. Because it How didn't, did it begin? Yeah, it didn't start uh, as that line that we know of today. It started in 1963 when Stan Winston developed the idea that would become G.I. Joe. And he showed it to uh, Donald Levine at Hasbro. And then Weston licensed the whole concept to Hasbro for a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> if now, only if you, he knew then. Yeah. And so if, if you watch the toys that make us, they kind of talk right. about that a little bit because he would have made uh they did actually offer him a royalty, you know, like a like a percentage deal oh. or a straight, yeah. And he took the straight, whereas if he had taken the percentage, he would have been a multi-millionaire. Um but such as these things go, right? It's like McDonald's, right? <laughs> yeah. Same thing happened to the McDonald's brothers. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, that's uh, that's how G.I. Joe started. Um, G.I. Joe was inducted into the National Toy Hall of Fame in 2004 and into the Pop Culture Hall of Fame in 2017. So that just tells you uh, how popular that 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 brand has been it's a part of the cultural zeitgeist absolutely there and zeitgeist i want you ah! i want everybody to keep that word in mind because we're going to talk about a little bit later i think it's important to talk about when we talk about gi joe what's going on uh in our in our kind of world view oh true true, true yeah true. so so zeitgeist is the perfect word for that um but uh 
I want to say GI Joe has it's spawned several comics, TV series, and video games. Um, some are in support of toy lines, some are standalone. Um, you know, I'll be mentioning, you know, or we'll be mentioning some ones directly related to uh, uh, to the toy history. Um, I do want to mention the GI Joe Resolute. It's kind of my favorite GI Joe TV. It's not really a series. It was done as a series, kind of a very small. Um, like 10, 15 minute episodes, kind of sure. like what Clone Wars did when Tartakovsky did it only, right. only these were a little longer, but they've released it as a one set. It's a very gritty, more adult GI Joe. I mean, they're not parachuting out of their vehicles and, and landing safely. Like <laughs> characters, characters are getting killed. Um, ah! Yeah. So, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, and I do want to mention, and I don't know if Hasbro's doing this currently, but they have a lot in recent years. They'll stream a lot of the episodes on their YouTube channel as well. Absolutely. That is absolutely true. And you have uh, a real American hero is on there. And then also, um, I'm drawing a blank on, on I think, Renegades. Is that sound correct? Sounds right to me. Yeah, the Renegades series, which I... At first, I was like, yeah, but then the more I watched it, I actually enjoyed that series um, quite a bit. Uh, obviously, Brian, we know that there have <laughs> been talk about three live-action G.I. Joe <laughs> movies. Uh, yes. Really, they, all with varying Two degrees. of them filmed in my hometown. Yep. Yep, that's true. Uh, varying degrees of adhering to the source material. and. Yeah. If you're a Joe fan, you know, generally these movies have not been well received. I don't I think, hate them. No, I mean, look, I think it's been like anything else, right? I can it's find been, some excitement in it. I can find some joy in it. It's been diminishing returns, I think, for each one. And I think the first one, they they went big, right? They tried to go big. And I think they tried to change too much. Yeah, um, that whole tried to, like twist reveal stuff going on throughout the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, I think the second one they tried to pull back on it and make it a little bit more. And they tried to uh, focus on getting some really good action actors yep. in there with with Dwayne Johnson and Bruce Willis. And yeah. yeah. And then the third one is just, uh, well, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even seen that one. I haven't brought myself to do it. I watched it. I waited till it was free and I watched, you know, I wasn't going to pay to watch. I watched I've been it. waiting to hear your opinion as, about it. As an action movie, as a Kung flu or action movie, right. it works great. It's fine. Right. It, 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 it's, let's say for everybody who's, who's not aware, we're talking about this, that's snake eyes. Correct. That's they, the one yep. that's more character focused. Yeah. But as an origin story for the character, or characters in this case, because you've got Storm Shadow in there well, as well. You can't have Snake Eyes without Storm Shadow. Completely, completely off the reservation. It's just, really? it's not even. Yeah, it's just not even. There's so much that's that's wrong with it, and and you know, from what we know, and I can appreciate them trying to try something new, but that's not. You're, you know, we have we have these problems with movies now, where, uh, and I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, but where. Uh, Hollywood executives are trying to make it appeal to a general audience and they ah, forget yeah, yeah. they forget about the audience Too much influence. That, yes, they forget about the audience that actually got them there and they try and make it a wider, you know, cast a wider net and and things get lost. But uh, as an action movie it's fine. If you want to see good action and um you know some great uh martial arts, I can recommend it. And like Brian said, I think there's something in all of them. Um, I don't hate them, 
but I'm certainly not rushing to turn them on and watch them. <laughs> um, <laughs> as we talked about, 2022 marks the 40th anniversary of a real American hero toy line, but the brand itself is now 58. So we talked about Ooh. a real American hero being middle age. Uh, the brand itself is is getting close to retirement. <laughs> <laughs> They're getting AARP membership uh, yeah. <laughs> applications in the mail. Yeah. So, so um, we're going to, you know, we'll kind of go into the toy history now and I'll kind of let uh, Brian run with this first part here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, when we talk about GI Joe and the toy lines, it all really starts with, um, it all really starts with the, the three and three quarter um, figures that came around in the eighties. But even before that, if we go back to even the earliest time frame. Terrific equipment to have a battle with. When you get G.I. Joe and the authentic G.I. Joe equipment, you'll have the greatest realism, the greatest fun you ever had in playing soldier. Box after box of authentic uniforms and equipment so you can change your G.I. Joe soldier into a camouflage marine ready for battle. A Navy frogman with complete scuba suit and inflatable life raft. An Air Force pilot with high-altitude helmet and air vest. Get G.I. Joe and get G.I. Joe equipment so you can set up exciting battle action whenever you want. Remember, only G.I. Joe is G.I. Joe. Um, in the 60s and in 70s, uh, much like that time with all figures, it was very much like the, Mego was making a lot of toys and Barbie and you had a lot of the 12-inch scale, right? Um, or, or 10 to 12-inch, you know, scale depending on the character. Um, and at that time, um, and I think we've even touched this in some of our early episodes when we talked about, um, kind of the, the first toys, if you will, even cause GI Joe's in that group <laughs> of yep. being some of the first toys ever made for, for young focused on young boys, obviously because of the, the military nature of the figures and characters at the time, cause military was totally focused on male, um, male uh males at that time uh females weren't really allowed to be considered soldiers per se in that time frame it wasn't until much later on that the military became more accepting and equal in opportunity for both sexes um to be in all levels of military um and correct me if i'm wrong there chris <laughs> no that's absolutely true i mean yeah. women unless we're talking um well, even in, in talking in, more like front lines kind of yeah, thing. They were know? they were behind yeah. the scenes as in support roles or nurses or, or those kinds of exactly. things. Exactly. Exactly. Um, the front line stuff didn't really come about until uh that I that wasn't even until the nineties. I would I say nineties, yeah. That's yeah. what I was gonna say too. Really in the nineties is when that started becoming more to the forefront and start and policy started changing um in that respect in the real mm -hmm. world. <laughs> yep. Um, not just the toy world. Um but yeah, I mean, a lot of that, uh, what I think, uh, much like during that time, just like Star Wars in the late 70s that had Palatoy working on that in the UK, the same thing was going on with G.I. Joe um, here um, as well. Um, when we talk about the international connection early on, um, but but in the beginning, 
um, it focused on the the main four branches of the military: Air Force, um, Air Force, Marines, uh, Army, and Navy. And having a soldier depicted in each of those um, those units, um, and it really was the first action figure. I mean, that's where the the term was really coined um, was with the figures that came out um, in the the mid sixties, mid to late sixties um, with GI Joe. Um, yeah, and that's where it... the term adventure came from. Like the idea that we call it the action hero line, the adventure hero line that yep. you see now is a playoff of what they used to call those figures early on. Yep. Well, it's funny because, you know, um, you know, I didn't realize the previous to, to Hasbro kind of coming up with action figure, oh, they yeah. actually called them boys dolls. <laughs> yeah, they did. If you listen to, and, and I'm sure um, you will have heard some clips at this point, <laughs> um, we'll add in post, um, uh, you'll hear that they actually did reference it that way in some of the early commercials because they didn't know what to call it. Because before that, there was really just Barbies and dolls and things like that. Yeah. There hadn't been something for the boys. Yep. Yeah. So that that's kind of where it all began. Um, yeah. You have. And, and then we turned to the 80s when Chris, came, Chris and I came to the world, but Chris first. And you started playing with. A bit smaller scale and a bit different material, huh? Yeah. So, I mean, when I – and this is just um, – so so you really kind of have three eras of, of G.I. Joe now. And, and you know, we talked about the the original, which was kind of from 64 to 76. Um, and, and we should add that, you know, by the late 60s, Hasbro was really dis- desperately distancing themselves from the war theme because <laughs> of – vietnam right what was and, going and, on yep <laughs> yeah and and that's where brian had mentioned that we changed the name got changed to a, the adventure of gi joe and then the adventure team but that's why um is because of what was going on and gi joe is one of those uh toy brands that's always kind of uh been uh connected to what's going on but but like you said brian we get into um the real American hero line and, and the, the, the kind of the comeback uh, of GI Joe. Um, and that's the three and three quarters, you know, one eighteenth scale. And that runs from 82 to 1994. Um, it was launched alongside Marvel comics to support the toy line. Right. Uh, and surprisingly, uh, when I was doing my research, I did not know this and I was surprised to find out that it ran for the entirety of the toy line from 82 to 94, uh, which is almost unheard of uh, for, for a comic line to, to run that long alongside of a toy line to support a toy line. Um, The comic series was, was much more real world and gritty. And if you talk to a lot of people, the common the comic series is often more beloved than the TV show because it was more, like I said, it was real. It was gritty. People were getting injured uh, characters, um, you know, like in comics, they don't really kill characters, but characters would be quote unquote killed. And then you'd find out that they weren't, they'd come back, but they'd at least, you know, give you that real world. Uh, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the series. Uh, the I, I remember seeing the comics because I was, I remember I would I had um I still have my G.I. Joe lunchbox. 
um from when I was a kid. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um yeah, I still have that. Um and I remember the comics because I can remember the RAH logo on the top left of the comic. Yeah. Real American hero. And yeah, I can see it in my head right now. <laughs> like, I can see the comics in my head when I was younger. And I remember them just being very violent. Yeah. Now that you say yeah. it, I remember seeing lots of explosions on the page. Like, yeah. Yeah. Now that you say it, like it's vivid in my mind. Um, and I also, you know, I was also reading a lot of turtles came out at that time too. So I was reading the Mirage comics, which were also very adult. Mm-hmm. Um, the Mirage comics, people, people don't think of this, is not about turtles. I just want to show you the time frame of what was happening. The comics were always very heavy and adult oriented at that time. Even the turtles were everybody think, Oh, well you see the fun of the commercial of the TV show of the eighties, the turtles show or the gi joe show they were all very fun and and like very animated characters and everything i'm like yeah but the comics were very different yeah both of those groups and all the groups really that were even at that time even transformers comics those were a lot heavier a lot heavier yep yeah yeah that was the theme then that that was kind of the way they went about it yeah Uh, but you talk about you know tv shows and and so uh, the TV show really comes about because the popularity of commercials that are promoting the comic book. So that yeah. led to a five-part miniseries done by Sunbow Productions that aired in 1990, or sorry, 1983, uh, called The Mass Device. Uh, and then 1984 would see another five-part miniseries called The Revenge of Cobra or The Weather Dominator, um, depending on you know when it is that title. Uh, used to be the weather dominator, but it's since changed to the revenge of Cobra. But um, they launched that uh, those miniseries based on the comic. And then G.I. Joe saw in 1985, it would get a full 55 episode season. Mm-hmm. And then 1986 would get a 30 episode season. Um, and then we're going to come to <laughs> G.I. Joe, the movie. Uh, so, in 1987, yeah, GI, yeah, it comes out. Now we should preface blame that. it on the transformer. Yep, and <laughs> oddly enough, oddly enough, and I did not know this either, but when researching the episode, uh, trans or GI Joe was supposed to be the first one released. I and did not know up, that. Be, yep, because yeah. of delays, Transformers got its film release first. I do then, remember that. Yeah. Yep. The poor run uh, of Transformers and My Little Pony meant oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yep. The My but, Little Pony movie. Yep. Oh, God, I remember that. Yep. They both did uh, poorly at the box office. And Hasbro was dealing with, with people uh, outcrying the Optimus Prime uh, death oh, in the Transformers God. movie. Yeah. yeah. So. G.I. Joe, the movie would be released direct to video. It never was. And what's weird is my memory of that. I, I I swear, you know how sometimes memories change or they're not like, I swear. I see I've remember a different thought, now. Yeah. yeah, I swear. I remembered seeing that in theaters, but this is, you know, <laughs> that can't, that clearly well, can't have I been. Mean, I guess you could have been in a theater like environment to see it. Maybe it yeah. was like a special showing of something or yeah. who knows. Uh, but that movie is highly polarizing within the fan and collecting community. Um, you know, there's people that really like it. There's people that don't, you know, that, that don't care for it and people all in the middle. Um, 
you would see, um, let's see here, Dick Entertainment or Deke, I think it was pronounced. Yeah, Deke. Uh, that's how, yeah. I remember that's how it was said. Yeah. Uh, would, would do uh, the second run of G.I. Joe Real American Hero, and it ran from 89 to 91. I watched the hell out of that one. Now, see, I don't remember watching that one, and I'm desperately trying to get my hands or find where I can watch some of those. Because that was the, like five to seven years old. That was hitting me in the in the. And see, that's where I was aged. I was I was aged out. So by yeah. then, I was aged. That was out. hitting me. That that was my demographic. They were hitting at that point. Yeah. yeah, and that's why I never. I don't remember seeing those. But they only did 44 episodes. Uh, if you know where to find that. Hit me up on my socials because I haven't seen a place that's selling it for a reasonable price, um, you know. But uh, the scale choice for the, for a real American hero was strictly driven by the success of Kenner Star Wars line. So it wasn't. There's a you know, um, there's a lot of stories, but it was directly influenced by the Star Wars line and what they could do. Oh, of course, yeah. And then the cool thing as as a kid. Uh, the card back came with a file card that you could cut out and it told you about that character. And yep. uh, I believe it was Larry Hama who wrote those. Um, he also did a ton with the comic books uh, and those are absolutely uh, gold. You know, it's a, it's an absolute shame that what they pass off as a file card on their 25th anniversary line or yeah. maybe not i'm sorry maybe not the 25th anniversary line but their retro and o-ring line now right right they're they're like you know it's just it's not anything but um so but those were cool um for me you know we talk about the three eras of gi joe and we'll talk about the last kind of the last era the the current era if you will um, but for me, within a real American hero, you can divide that one up into three phases. And that's not right. anything official. That's just how I break it up. Yeah. Um, but I want to give, uh, Brian, you want to give the listeners some context as to what's going on before I break down these eras? Yeah, yeah. So so, so what we're breaking down here is, so obviously Chris said in the beginning that um, real American hero and G.I. Joe was heavily impacted, whether it was mirroring or utilizing what was going on in the world um to kind of have an impact on not only the look and feel of the figures and situations but also how it was um being pushed or marketed to the public as well and also there at that time obviously figures based on characters who are fighting and are are part of a military are best served when there are times of turmoil, strife, things going on in the world, right? So they, it, it, Chris kind of, and I'll let you say it, I mean, it's tied to moments where there's conflict in the world. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah, if you think about, so, you know, um, I'll kind of go through, uh, I'll start with with the first, with what, what my first era, and then we'll talk about kind of what's going on in the world. But right. we'll I, get more I can, context on it. Yeah, I consider from 1982 to 1986, uh, I consider that the military-focused part of the line and, and the before the G.I. Joe movie. Now, that's an important distinction because there is – uh, you will hear that in in the in the fan community the before the movie and after the movie um and a lot of a lot of early fans of the line will say that this was the golden era of the line and i that's where i fall 
I believe that from 82 to 86 was the golden era of the line. And that's where you see, um, you know, kind of the line has its heyday. Uh, I mean, to give you some, some background in 1985, it sees the USS flag aircraft carrier being released. Here it is, the USS Flag aircraft carrier. Imagine being on the deck of this aircraft carrier. The USS Flag is fantastic! It's so big! Oh, my God! Get ready to launch aircraft! Where's the USS Flag aircraft carrier comes with what you see here. Other figures and equipment sold separately. Yeah, that's a good one. But I was gonna say, I was like dying when he goes, "Where's the admiral? He's not here." Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Oh my god! But I, I remember going over to a, a kid's house, and so we were supposed to be playing with him outside. And we go oh, up to his wow. room to get something, and he's got the flag. And I kid you not, Brian, it literally took up half of this kid's room as a kid. I'll and we were like, it. we were like can we just stay inside and play? My brother and I were like, can we just stay inside and play for a little while? So we started to, and his mom's like, I thought you guys were going outside. And I remember their kids like, they wanted to play with the flag. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is the largest vehicle slash play set ever to ever. be released. Ever. ever. Yeah. And it's quite amazing to think that, uh, you know the pot the line was that popular that it could support something that not only that big but that expensive that was a just over a hundred dollar toy in yeah. 1985 money <laughs> <laughs> I, it's funny i was talking to a collector in in a target during black friday and we were talking about the flag and he was talking about how he had a friend who had one he was helping him set it up and it was interesting it's always fun to run into collectors um and and uh, he's like, I can't believe he's like, I remember when when because uh, he's around our age. And he was like, I remember when it was in the store. I just couldn't believe how massive it was. Yeah. And it's still he still remembers that from when he was younger. Uh, but going back to what you said about the time frame of the the, you know, early to mid and even beginning of the late 80s. Um, there's a lot going on in the world at that time. You know, yeah. obviously, we're dealing with with a Cold War with Russia still. Yep. Just a different one, but later on, you know, yeah, I uh, think about twenty years later, the, the the war. I mean, let's be honest, the Cold War never ends with Russia. It still continues to this day. But you know, <laughs> there are phases of it, right? Yeah, There's different I, leaders at different times. Um, I think, and, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, I think that particular phase. You know, when I was looking at research, they call it the. It's still the Cold War, but it's the new Cold War because. You know, uh, things have heated up again. Um, right. It's you not know, like you're... Bay of Pigs, you know, from yeah. the, from the the 60s and the 70s, what led to, you know, what led to 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 pushing us into getting into other conflicts um, <laughs> like right. Vietnam and, and Korea and things like that. But uh, but also, you know, what also was going on in the 80s, especially in America, was that was the Reagan regime. Yep. And that Reagan regime was all about pushing America back to being in the forefront in the sense of a brand in sense of being American, right. Was the sense of building our military up, being a power again, uh, puffing out our chest, you know, and saying, you know, uh, in that sense of, of nationalism that it was, was really, really pushed down the throats. During yeah. That time. 
it was recovering. It was really recovering that image from Vietnam, you know, yeah. where we had kind of lost uh, that uh, pride in our military and yes. not for, for what they were asked to do, but just because of what they had to do um, and, right. and some, you know, and, and the politics behind all that. But during the Reagan era, you're absolutely right. So we see the military budget balloon. Oh, huge. Um, and 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 growing up as a military brat, yes, my father uh, was in the Navy for uh, twenty six years. Uh, you know, career career Navy. Uh, I lived on military bases, and I have a very vivid memory of it being a very pro military time. Um, that could have been in the environment that I was raised in, obviously, because I know my wife would tell you she came from a different uh, family background where they weren't pro military, but. I do remember the country the old... was very pro-military. Ex exactly. No, and it, it was an, it was, I mean, I, I, I'm just talking from a historical perspective. These are just facts. We're yep. not giving opinions here. These are just historical facts. Don't, don't anybody come say we're trying to push, push a, a certain thought here. All we're saying is during that time, we, it, it, a lot of money was invested in military. Like Chris said, we were trying to rebuild an image to the outside world. And, and it was and there was a feel of, of this national glow. I mean, red, white and blue everywhere. You got the song. Um, I'm proud to be an American come out during that yep. time. I mean, it was yep. it was all about America. Right. You know, it, it, and that that was that was the Reagan, the Reagan time. I mean, it was all about that. And that's where the money, the work went into, which means, hey, we got to make figures you know yes. this, you know we, we so got, that's yeah. that's what it was is that hasbro you know it was right to you know and you can watch the toys that make us for a little bit more uh, on who pushed you know oh, i don't yeah, remember definitely who who pushed you know bring it back but that's when hasbro decided the time was right to bring that line back and based on why wouldn't you you own the ip right the scale of of star wars which allows you to do them at the smaller scale and to make vehicles and play sets and and you know all kinds of Why different else would you things get the largest play set in the history yeah. of play sets during a time when you could sell anything that had an american flag on it yep but i mean it was interesting because you had everything from the figures all the way up to the flag but you know you had small play sets you had like i remember mm -hmm. having a little it was a little tent like an obs observation post and then there was checkpoint alpha all the you know, and then all the way oh, up yeah. to bigger, yeah, bigger I vehicles and things like that. They really hit all of those things, but that was really the military focused era of 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 GI Joe. And and like I said, it was before the movie because then we get into from 1987 to 1990. Um, I say that this is during and post GI Joe the movie. So 87 is covers GI Joe the movie. Um, and then you have post that uh, through 1990. So uh, what you have is 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 that you have the movie um, G.I. Joe goes to space. And that's important because if if you've ever collected toys and you've been in this game long enough and it's not a space toy line, what do they say about toy lines that go to space? It's the beginning of the end of the toy line is what they say. <laughs> They're running out of ideas. Yeah. So G.I. Joe goes to space. Now, granted, they they went on for a long time after that, but um, thank God Desert Storm happened. 
Well, yes, but I mean, you still have some military. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, just I know kidding. what you mean, but yeah, 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 yeah. You, you still have some military aspects in right. the line, but we're really starting to focus on that sci-fi theme that came in from G.I. Joe the movie. Um, right. And, and for me, 1988 was the last big year for the line for my brother and I. Uh, we did have, I actually did, because I have a book about uh, the, the vintage line, and it's a great resource. And um, oh, I wish I could remember who did the author. He's in, um, he's featured in The Toys That Make Us too. Uh, I, I can't remember his name, but he's wrote books on Transformers, on Star Wars collectibles. Um, but uh, we had some figures from 80, the 89 run. Um, and then you think about what's going on at, you know, when we get to kind of the, uh, that run, you know, 89, the Berlin wall falls marking the beginning of the end of the cold war, you know, and a couple of years from there, I think three years, you know, the end, we have the collapse of the Soviet union, which right. is huge. Right. And so we and start then the to shifts and then the shift in dynamic to the middle East at that point. Yeah. You know? Yes. Right. And and then that's where we go into from 91 to 94. The military theme in the line is is minimal. You have bright colors. We're starting to focus on uh, it's really sci-fi themes and social consciousness uh, rule the line like Echo Warriors. You know, you've got the drug elimination force that it was a real thing. <laughs> uh, you get you know, you get this uh, um, Star Brigade, you know. You got Sky Patrol, Ninja Force, but the line is it's we've moved away from the military aspect of the line and we we're now moving in a different direction. Um, even though when that was going on, we had, you know, the Gulf War happened from 90 to 91. But after we were done with the Gulf War, we really kind of nothing. entered. Yeah, we entered into a time of, of peace where we didn't really have that. And I do want to point out because I have vivid memories of and this you know, uh, for better or worse, when the Gulf War happened, uh, you know, my brother and I, even though we were starting to kind of age out of it, we dragged out some of our G.I. Joe toys because it was the first war that was like televised on TV. Uh-huh. Yeah. And and I, you know, I've heard stories of other people who, who did that as well. Um, you know, you look back on that now and it's a little horrifying. To think it is about, a little bit. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's really kind of one of those yeah. things, but. You know, I, but, I, think I mean, hey, you're a kid and you're just right. you know, imitating what you're seeing. Yeah, right. You, you, you know, there was a disconnect there and you're still, of course, you know, yeah, uh, at, at a younger age. But I thought it was important to bring in some of these things that are going on as we talk about um, uh, the line, especially Real American Hero, because it does kind of you can see it translate through the line. Um, and, and then, then of course, rebirth. Well, yeah, before we before we get there, though, I, I think it's important to point out the Palatoy, much like the 12-inch line, they do their own 3.7. Right, uh, much line. like Star Wars 2, uh, Palatoy yeah. pretty much managed the, the UK side of things. Yeah. Yes, but they did Action Force from 82 to 85, which was actually a homegrown Palatoy thing. It was only mm, in 19, right. yep, uh, only in 1985 that they started to put GI Joe figures from America released in there, uh released in the UK under the Action Force name. Later it was switched to GI Joe the Action Force and then finally it was just GI Joe. Um Kenner and later Hasbro as we know would acquire the Action Force name 
the name Action Force is now owned by Valiverse. Uh, that was not used for several years and was available purchased. And so now we have, uh, we're talking about rebirth of lines. Well, you have the rebirth of Action Force as well, um, which as we get into the next segment of G.I. Joe, the two uh, have competed and I think made each other better. Um, a lot of collectors love to debate which year is the best in the line. I think it's hard to pick one. I say for me, 84 to 86 is my sweet spot. Um, that's where I, I I enjoy it the most. But as you pointed out, Brian, fast forward to 2020. That's a lot of time, everybody. Think yep. about it. You, you, what, what the last stuff was really come out, what, 94, 95? Really? The, like well, 90... the, yeah, the last A Real American Hero. There was several other... Yeah. G.I. Joe iterations between then, but nothing that stuck around for more than a couple of years. Right. So, I mean, all, I mean, at least probably a good 20 years of, of very little or middling options of G.I. Joe. And then all of a sudden, bam, uh, you get hit with some classified information in 2020, <laughs> right? And yep. out becomes... Not only are we bringing back G.I. Joe in full force, but we're bringing it bigger and better than ever as 12-scale six-inch figures because that's what we do at Hasbro now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong, you know. Yeah, right, um, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of... Um, I don't know that people knew that this line was coming. Um, it was a surprise, yeah. It, I, I think I think it surprised a lot of people. Yeah, it wasn't like Motu Origins where we'd heard about it for a couple of years before they actually got it back fully. This was kind of like, boom, you know, we're here. Um, and, and Toy Fair 2020 launched with the 00 Deluxe Edition Snake Eyes, which you uh, that launched during Toy Fair. You had to get it while Toy Fair was going on. It was very limited. Um, I think they ended up doing a second run, but... Uh, um, that was kind of a homage to the line. And then we didn't really have anything until I, I want to say late summer, early fall. Um, classified started more sci-fi aesthetic when it came out. Right. And, it, and again, you know, I think that they were Hasbro was leery to lean into that military aspect even though at twenty dollars kids were not buying these. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Kids aren't going to buy a $20 six-inch figure. Yeah, I think clearly, you know, they were focusing on the audience that had grown up with these. And, you know, in 2021, they started to move away from the sci-fi feel and they leaned heavily into the real American hero aesthetic. Um, and the line kind of, in my opinion, the line really found its stride in doing so. I think that's what most collectors, not all, there are collectors that wanted them to kind of go continue with where they were going. Um, but collectors like me, we wanted them to kind of like lean into that uh, aesthetic from our childhood and, and those characters. Um, it's been talked about that maybe if they wanted to relaunch like the sci-fi, they should have just relaunched using the GI Joe name, but invented brand new characters because as soon as you put roadblock out with like this weird looking sci-fi laser gun you right. know all of, us, all, of all of us all of us yeah all of us you know that grew up with it are like 
you know, you're raging. I don't want to say raging, but there was a lot of internet rage going on about that. <laughs> um, and I, I think now that classifieds has grown into one of the most popular collector lines around at the moment. I agree. Yeah, it has. Yeah. It, it's definitely, um, if not the most popular line to collect, it's one of the top three easily yeah. right now in the community. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say, so for instance, you know, I, uh, I've watched, you know, new star Wars pre-orders go up and it's very seldom anymore that you'll see Star Wars stuff sell out when it goes up. Regular, I'm talking regular wave stuff, not exclusives. And they'll put up Joe stuff and it, you know, it, it'll sell, you know, some of it'll sell out. And I'm, you know, I'm not seeing that with other toy lines. Um, and it's course, also, it's also evident when you look at the crowdfunding and Kickstarters too, um, whether it's Valiverse or whether it's GI Joe, it, it always makes it. They're always yeah. going into production. Yeah. So we've had, you know, the Sky Striker under the O-ring funded. We've the had the Hiss Tank. And then we have uh, Action Force, uh, which funded. It took two rounds of, of Kickstarter to, to get it funded. But once it got funded, I mean, it's been running now strong. Now it's its own machine. Yeah. It, it is. And and really, I think that, I think you have a lot of fans of, of both. Um there are some fans that are just strictly one or the other, but I'm I'm one of those fans that I'm collecting Valiverse and I'm collecting G.I. Joe. And I feel like those two brands, uh, this is what we're missing in collecting. They're forcing each other to be better. So Valiverse right. came out with some innovations and then Hasbro upped their game, the G.I. Joe team upped their game. And then Bobby saw that and upped his game. And so we're getting this where the competition is making them each better. Uh, and I think that can only be good for us as fans. Um, so, I mean, that's that's one of the positives there. I also want to say, um, you know, we talked about that Snake Eyes movie. They did a wave of classified figures supporting that movie. They did not do well. You can, no. still, you can still find them today. Uh, and fans, uh, a lot of, of fans of the line are, you know, kind of constantly saying, hey, I'm never going to see the new stuff because I got this movie stuff hanging around. For me, it's it's the Lady J that's hanging around at mine. My Walmart must have like, I don't know how many Lady J's in the regular packaging. And now they have a full peg full of the the uh, retro on the card <laughs> of her. Um, so I'm having to get my stuff online because I'm not seeing the new stuff come out for quite a while, at least in, in my area, unless I kind of go to other stores. But uh We've got 25 figures in the pipeline that have been announced for for the classified line. So it's kind of crazy to see where we've come from a line, you know, um, that started in the in the 60s to to where it is now. Um, and just kind of the the power behind that that toy brand. Um, you know, I think for me, you know, I've talked about it before. The the big three that I grew up with were were Star Wars, GI Joe, and Masters of the Universe. And I think right. for me, GI Joe was the biggest uh, chunk of time of my childhood. So, um, yeah, 
it's been interesting to see where it's gone and it's, it's hard to believe that it's 40, you know, I'm a little bit older than GI Joe, not much. <laughs> well, well, let's see it this way. It's 40 years old, but it's, as I was saying earlier, this is the next generation. So think of this as, as the children of those that started, right? Yeah, that's you know, true. You know, it, it's not as if it's the same rendition of Joe, right? It, it's the next generation of it. Um, and, and, and that's why I think the brand continues to be successful is because it found a way to evolve and grow with its fan base. Um, and the the question is, how will it be in the next 20 to 40 years? Um, you know, I think that's, that's the, what, what you wonder, but, um, <laughs> I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but there will always be conflict in the world. So there will always be a need of people to protect us, right? Or 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 fight for us. So in that case, I think um they're not going anywhere for a while. Yeah, I think that's an important point to make. But uh I also think that um you know, Valiverse is a smaller uh company, you know, they don't have uh at least not yet, they're not putting out other licenses or other things. I know that there's uh, you know, Bobby wants to get to that point with Valiverse, um, but he's not so much worried about that. I mean, if you look at his at those figures, they are very much leaning into real world military, real world weapons, real world gear, you know, real world the camouflage. G.I. Joe still kind of exists a little bit outside of that real world. I mean, you're not going to you're not going to roll up on a military base and see a guy wearing a football jersey and an army helmet in in a real military outfit. That's just not going to happen, right? Um Right. But it does have that military uh aspect to it. That's what I love about the line, but I think the point that I want to make is that I think that Hasbro realizes as Valiverse came up with some innovations and Hasbro decided to kind of follow suit, move away from those quote unquote nerf guns as what <laughs> people call called them at first yeah. to, to packing in more real world weapons and removable magazines and, and things of that nature that they've realized their audience is not children, right? Their audience for this line is those of us that were collecting a real American hero in the eighties. Um, the problem with that is, like you said, Brian, where does the line go if we're catering to those of us that collected these, you know, in our in the 80s uh, and early 90s? Where does the line go for children um, or does the line even last that long or does it go on hiatus again and they find a new way to bring it out to appeal to a new generation? It's like you said, it'll be very interesting to see. Yeah, exactly. Because. You know, current younger generation, they have their own version of it in the sense of Fortnite, right? Yeah, um, good point. In some ways, in some ways, you know, there are some similarities there. Um, and, uh, you know, it'll be curious. I'll be curious to see when they become adults, you know, um, down the road, what what kind of things will they be interested in and and their and their children and so forth and so on. It, it's, you know, watching the evolution of that industry um you know uh, it, it's interesting because th that's even a larger topic is you wonder what the next generation is going to look like because our generation decided to reinvent themselves as kids as a much later <laughs> in later age right 
you know yeah uh, you know we were kids when this stuff was coming out you know and then now we're adults but we still like it what's gonna happen in 20 years when the next generation gets to our age or they they grew up with more you know interactive digital based interactions um through gaming and through other types of things um so are they going to feel as connected to physical items and you know one day when we're all gone what's what's going to be the the focus but that that's a bigger topic for another time and and it's something scary to think about uh when you think about the industry cuz you wonder where if it has sustainability after you know after the next you know 20 years or so yeah i mean and and that's that's a great point because uh we talk about the fact that our generation has driven uh not intentionally it wasn't our generation but but the the manufacturers the hasbros of the world the you know all of these companies that cater to our nostalgia right they've we have dominated the pop culture landscape for much longer than any generations that came before us true right uh because yeah. we just keep it keeps getting reinvented or regurgitated in some different form and so you know we talk about those gi joe movies that came out that were kind of made more for a a a wider audience there you know star wars being you know reinvented for a new generation right. um um i won't say reinvented re i think you said earlier <laughs> repacked <laughs> repacked <laughs> which is perfect um yeah but we've dominated that landscape so these kids you know from a from a pop culture toy perspective yeah there are there are things out there that there there that are theirs like i had no idea fortnite was so popular oh, but i've been hearing this christmas season the kids in the aisles talking about fortnite toys i want a fortnite toy uh-huh. mom and i didn't realize like you know uh i Not look at them and i go be like the foosh you know right but i look at them and i go man aren't you aren't you <laughs> young aren't you young to be wanting Fortnite toys, like a game based on violence? And I'm like, what am I talking about? I was playing with GI Joe figures, right? You know, like, uh, you know what I mean? But it's just, you're viewing the world through a different lens than when you were a child, um, where, where you're not equating like what's, what these toys actually maybe, you know, what the video game. They're they're all going to go run out and buy avatar toys. I'm not seeing those toys move. <laughs> I just want to see how long you can hold it. Oh my gosh. That is the only thing I still see sitting on the shelves every week. And it's a shame because I will say this, they look great. They do look they do look nice. But, they do. And they're and they're they're priced. Can fairly. I say Lord of the Rings toy biz all over again? Yeah, I think yeah. so. They look great, but no one who enjoys those things feels the need to collect items about them yeah I, I that's mean, the problem yep but you know like it's i not said toyetic in, in yeah. the sense of someone wanting to recreate the film because the, the avatar is basically i said this earlier to my wife i said when i see avatar i see where video game meets film that's what yes. I see. 
Like, yeah. It's it's an amalgam of Unreal Engine and creating filmatic experiences. It's like taking the cinematic element of a very up-to-date or forward-thinking video game and making it into a full-length film. Like, that's how I see it. Like, that's how it looks visually to me. Like, it looks like a video game. Like, it doesn't look... Like, it looks fantastical. Like, none of it feels grounded in reality. Yeah. No, I... I, And there's nothing against it. I mean, I think that's that's something for... A lot of people love that, and that's great. And it is what it is, you know? But it's... I I just don't see how it can lend itself to toys. Because people can't see themselves being a nine-foot alien fighting for... Fighting against colonists. You know? I mean, I don't know. Right. I mean, I get what I, I hear what you're saying. I think that uh, you, you're right, though, because uh, I mean, I look at the modern video game uh, industry, at least for those these big titles, like, for instance, you know, the big one that just came out is God of War Ragnarok. God of War, right. Or, or you know, we had last year we had um, Forbidden West, um, you know, that came out, which was the sequel to... Um, um horizon zero dawn um and those games and you know i think we play those video games at least i do i love playing those games because when i play those games i'm escaping my reality i'm becoming that Mm -hmm. character in that world and that's what avatar feels like it feels like i'm trying to escape reality it doesn't feel like it's something that's based exactly something that would actually uh at least not in our point in history that would take place right now that's what um, makes good science fiction science fiction is because it still feels like it's something that could happen yeah right exactly and that's that i mean i know star wars is 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 science is is more but there's of, still of grounded. science fantasy but you've got star trek where that feels there's so much realness that happens yeah. in it that you can connect with yeah I mean, it's kind of hard to connect to characters that look absolutely nothing like you, right? We talk about representation yeah. in the film, a nine foot blue alien, you know, it's kind yeah. of hard to connect with uh, as a character in a film. Yeah. And I think you, you just brought up something else to kind of bring it back to, to kind of GI Joe and, and yeah. kind of wrap it Sorry up. Sorry. I went off and on that. No, 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 no. I think that there's a, you know, I think you and I need to have a conversation offline. Cause there's a lot of great, <laughs> there's a lot of great themes there for future shows that we could talk about. Yeah. I think true. are great, but um, you know, to bring it back to Joe, there were other toy lines we talked about, um, you know um, but one of the things that was great about the real American hero line is for a line of its time, it was incredibly diverse. And that's yeah. one of the things I didn't put in the show notes. And, and I'm glad that point. you brought it up because I think we need to talk about in the eighties, it was, you know, you had females in the line. Yeah, you did. You had uh native American, you had African American, you had Hispanic people that were GI Joes. And later on in the line, we get into international GI Joes. So we have British people, we have Russians that are GI, I mean, that are GI Joes that become part of GI Joe. It was a very diverse line for its time. And we didn't really, you know, we weren't there yet. We didn't start coming around to that until the nineties. Yeah. So it was a line that I think was in some respects ahead of its time in the way that, you know, how uh, inclusive it was. Um, And, and, and the scope there. Um, So I think that that's a good place to end it. I think that, you know, 
it's been a toy line that has managed to stay in the in the in the public eye and remain popular for a long long time and and not just from the 80s like we said there are people that still collect the stuff from from the 60s into the 70s there are oh absolutely yeah there's a whole group of people that still collect that stuff at the at the one six scale i don't think you see it as much but it's there and there was an indiana jones crossover i'm just gonna say (laughs) (laughs) yes that that is true yeah there was Um, before we wrap it up, I did want to point out, I've talked a lot about the toys that made us. They have an episode on Netflix. I think it's worth watching if you want to hear some of the more oh, yeah. detailed it, stuff. It really is good. And it gives you even more perspective, goes into a lot more depth than what we did today. Yeah. Um, and it has a lot of great interviews with some of the individuals that um, Chris referenced earlier that I think it's great to hear their eyewitness accounts of the experience. Yep. And then, you know, if you wanted to learn more about Palatoy's Action Man and Action Force, uh, I recommend you go check out Analog Toys YouTube channel. Um, he uh, collects uh, Action Man and Action Force, and he knows a lot about that particular um, particular line, more than I ever know or whatever. I think he's even done a documentary, um, and he's in touch with one of the original uh, Palatoy creators um, and things cool. like that. So um, if you want to get more about that, I would check that out. Um, some good resources. And, you know, there's tons of collecting books on G.I. Joe and stuff, too. But I'm just, you know, my final thoughts is I'm enjoying this renaissance of G.I. Joe uh, in its classified form. It's got me to go back and buy some of the 25th anniversary line and three and three quarter um, though the nice thing about Motu Origins and the new G.I. Joe uh retro O-ring slash 25th anniversary, although I know those are a little older and classifieds, is it's kept me from having to go back and get the vintage. So, like with Star Wars, I went back and bought the you know, I have the whole vintage run. Um, but these modern toy lines have kind of helped, you know, uh not have to go back and and feel like I need to buy the vintage ones uh, again for my childhood. Cause I feel like what I'm getting is um, well, it's not a carbon copy of what I had. The, the feel is there. Most definitely agree with you. Um, You know, and, and what I'm going to leave us off with is a classic uh, PSA from those who know best. G.I. Joe. girl no kidding go low let her try you might be surprised okay but thanks wow look at that <laughs> don't judge people till you give them a chance because there's a chance you could be wrong now we know and no one is half the battle well brian i think that's going to do it for this episode come back next month to hear us talk toys and collectibles on thrill of the hunt a collector's podcast Until next time, we wish you good luck on your toy hunt.
Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this show, we would love a five-star review on iTunes. You can find Thrill of the Hunt, a collector's podcast on Facebook at Thrill of the Hunt Collector Podcast. There you can interact with us and find links to our other social media channels. The thoughts, views, and opinions expressed in this show are those of the hosts and belong solely to them. This podcast is not affiliated with any of the toy companies or licenses mentioned in the show. This show may not be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without express written consent from the hosts.